And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. I'm Ben, you've probably figured that out by now, but I'm the only absolute pleb on this podcast. I've had to make a double substitution. Ian and Dave are off doing what absolute plebs do on a Sunday night. So, a bit like Mark Cooper on Saturday afternoon, I've had to make late changes. I've had to change the way this game goes. I needed an Ollie Thomas to come on off the bench for a second game in a row. That is you, Sheridan Robbins. Say hello, Sheridan. Hello, Sheridan. And I needed a goal scorer. A fox in the box. Quite literally, <laughs> I needed a Reese Murphy. Chris Fox joins us as well. Say hello, Chris Fox. Hello, Chris Fox. That is glorious. We've all worked on that. That's lovely. Um, how are we, guys? Sheridan, let's start with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Do you, want to tell the, do you want to tell the good people what you're drinking this evening? I'm maybe having night? A, they'll They'll be very surprised to hear I'm having a cheeky glass of red. Um, your glass was colourful also, Foxy. What was in it? Um, it was it was only actually uh, blackcurrant squash. Ooh. I'm not on the hard stuff tonight. Boat pushed right out there. Um, <laughs> I want to start if I can, not with Yeovil, but with the Lionesses this morning. Um, did we all watch Foxy? Did you watch? I did. Yeah, I did watch. Yeah, uh, Sheridan watched. I did I did? Heartbreaking, isn't it? Absolutely heartbreaking. I love being at work this morning. First thing, building up to it all day long, and then watching the game, and oh. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but I, I, when I when I grow up, I want to be Mary Earps, please. Oh, get me her shirt. Get me her shirt now. <laughs> no, can I have it? Cannot have it. I've spoken Apparently to Nike. Not. Spoken to Nike. Don't want to know. Oh, um, I mean, what a performance from her. What a performance. And I really thought when that penalty was saved, it was going to be the Late Late Show again. It was not. I guess it's, it. It's Ben joining the goalkeepers' union again. It is. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, if if we can just bring this back to Yeovil, um, there will be plenty of kids, boys and girls. I know my son loved watching it this morning, who will have watched England at a World Cup final at a, at a normal hour on a Sunday and thought, hang on a minute, this is quality, isn't it? And of course, Yeovil now do have a ladies team and obviously have a men's team that are a little bit cheaper to go to and stuff. And it, it didn't, it hasn't passed me by that my nephew went to his first Yeovil game on Saturday and things like that. It just feels like, England lionesses have just carried on with their incredible success, and um, I hope it inspires a lot of people in the, around the Somerset area to get out and be part of football, whether that's men's, women's, watching, playing, and yeah, I, I, I did feel that this morning. Absolutely, well said, well said. Right, should we talk about our football yesterday? Uh, well, not yesterday, Saturday, as people are listening to this. The over one made stone one. It was. A draw, third home game on the spin, third of four, of course, with one more left to come against Tombridge next week. Um, let's let's start at the start, and team news comes through. Sharon, I'm going to come to you first because you got the team news firsthand at shortly before two o'clock, and obviously had a chance to speak to Mark Cooper. Murphy came out, minutes being managed was the term that was used, but Sendles White coming in, there was a change of ethos, wasn't there? 
Yeah, there was. And credit to Mark Cooper. Every time I sort of go over to him and go, what have you done with the team? He'll always tell me exactly how he's going to line up. So that's really, really helpful and something I haven't had in recent seasons. Um, so, yeah, we were back to the back three uh, with Jamie Sendles White coming in. And I think the main thing with the change in attack with Murphy coming out is how you utilize JMD, because that's been the question, hasn't it? And I, so I literally asked him, I was like, where is JMD playing? Um, and it was that number 10 role, which I think is probably his best position, as, although he is great out wide as well. Um, so wing backs of Morgan Williams, poor old Morgan Williams, having to play every which position once more this season. And Alex Whittle, who's much more familiar with that position. Um, and I think it, it, it worked in, in terms of nice football um, in the early stages. Um, and I know I saw a few people on social media wondering why Murphy's minutes were managed. But I think after the past two seasons, um, I think it's super important. Um, and, you know, he came on and and he scored. And even speaking to him pre-match, I know he says, no, I, I knew I would play this many minutes. But Mark Cooper said to me, he's like, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. If Reese Murphy's telling you he's feeling it, he's really feeling it so um we've got options in that position so um if we can protect him as much as possible i'm on board foxy when you saw the team news were you trying to figure it all out and where it all went and did it feel more i don't know balanced for want of a better word well that that was my first thought when uh i got out of the car and uh looked at the team news walking into the ground um myself and and uh my dad were were talking about it the formation we did feel that probably one of the front three was going to be uh, rested um, because although playing all three uh, at the same time is good, um, previous Saturday or Tuesday, it just looked like it didn't really work. So I was expecting to see one of the strikers um, sat at the, on the bench um, and I didn't hear the, the pre-match interview, but um, if Murphy was feeling it, then then that is to be expected that he would be the one to uh, to sit out and come on and be that um, be that sort of change change uh, in the second half. I think it's to be expected, isn't it? I, I'm not sure this is much of a shock to anyone. I think no. Hyde will have a period of doing that where he sits out, comes in for 20 minutes, makes an impact. Frank Newble might even do something similar because of the way that Hyde and Murphy have worked together in the past. It just feels like it's fine that that happens. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know how I to think explain it, it. I think it's nice that we've we like Sheridan just said we have got yeah. lots of options. Last season it was Alex Fisher. Yeah, yeah, and and that was you know um, obviously we had Linton, um, and it was really just Linton and Fisher that were doing that rotating. We were playing so you know just at him up front. At least now we've got four strikers that we can just mix in and out. Um, depending on opponents and depending on tiredness and injury. So, it, it, you know, it's like you say, it's to be expected, really, in, in my opinion. It's not just players either that can change as a result. That's a it's a tactical change, isn't it, Sheridan? Yeah. We, we've got a three, we've got a four at the back, we've got a five, we've got a three up front, we've got a two up front, we've got a JMD in the hole, we've got a diamond. It feels like it's, it's difficult to figure out what he's going to do because, actually, we've got a lot of options. Yeah, and... You know, he does prepare for every different opposition and we're going to have to, whether that be full-time teams, part-time teams, ones that are going to come and sit in, whether away from home. And I think that's really positive that we've got those different options because 
those players look pretty comfortable. And I and I really I thought Josh Staunton had a brilliant game. I know he got he got taken off, but that was just needs must for the for the situation we were in. But the way he was able to just make things tick over and actually be on the ball a lot more than we saw at, at all last season just needs must again in the situation that we were in and and Sendles White I think has been unlucky to be missing out really um so to bring him back in and he looked solid um they they looked like the the partnerships the relationships are, are growing game on game so then with the actual football I was listening in to yourself and the legend Chris Wheelie as well and I got the impression of we had a lot of the ball. We were doing quite a lot of nice things with it, but the 18 yard box scared us a little bit and it just didn't quite click where it needed to click in the areas where actually we had seen it click in, in preseason quite a lot, actually. Um, Sharon, what, what do you put that down to a lot? And and am, am I right? And in, in that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A huge amount of possession, huge amount of, crosses set pieces without really carving them open from open play um but it was funny hearing chris quite shocked at how we were playing um in a good way that he really enjoyed watching it um and there were chances there were good good chances that just did not get on target and i think that was the most disappointing thing that they went on target um, and I and I think possibly that then gave us a sort of mental barrier um, because I think that first half had everything but the goal. We were completely dominant. Maidstone didn't really trouble us. And we should have gone into the second half being, well, we did everything right, but let's just keep going. We didn't quite do that. Um, but I mean, some of the headers that we missed in front of that Thatcher's goal. So, I mean, Newball's got to score. Jake yeah. Hyde... Jake Hyde needs to not be offside twice in a row in the same position. Um, I think he will be really disappointed with a couple of those. He just did not hold his line well enough. And he's an experienced player. He should be doing better in those situations. Free kicks, again, just so close, but not close enough. Um, but a lot, a lot of attacking play. And of course, towards the end that we used to love to attack at. <laughs> and, and the end that you were sat in, uh, stood in, Foxy. What was that feeling like when... We're playing good, we're making chances, but every chance ends in a, oh, no. Frustrating. Yes. Um, because um, obviously being right behind the goal, um, seeing some of those chances wasted, in you know, for me, it was rather frustrating. Because so, like Sheridan, you know, Sheridan said, I felt that first half we played well, we controlled the game. Yes, we didn't, when we were getting... You know, further forward, it was a bit of a struggle sort of breaking through um, their defence. Um, you know, Hyde and, Hyde and Noble didn't really, in open play, get too much of a sniff, I would say. Obviously, there was, um, I think, after the big chances, Frank had um, a shot that was well blocked, which I think if that hadn't been blocked, I think it would have really tested the keeper. But I think um, what, for me, what is pleasing, although we missed some clear-cut chances with Newball, which I think he should have scored. Um, he had, had aches this time. And I think Josh Staunton should also have probably done better with his with his header. And they both knew it. Um, obviously, I know we've seen Frank come out today, I think, and say um, how disappointed he was he didn't score. Um, and I think Josh knows that he probably could have done a little bit better with his, his chance, looking at his reaction. But I think what was quite pleasing where 
last season um, in our set pieces, well, and I suppose, I suppose even maybe at the start of this season, our set pieces are actually troubling teams. Last season, I felt we didn't trouble teams at all. With the, the two men that we had at the back, um, I just felt that our free kick set pieces were, were pretty disappointing. But especially first half yesterday, um, I thought JMD's deliveries were, were spot on. And so was when Worthington or Cooper took took the free kicks you know it was um it was good to actually see that we were we were challenging it was just disappointing that we didn't take one of those chances because really we probably should have been out of sight we should have been two or three nil up in the first half in my opinion with those big chances we had with quite a lot of the action didn't we on the right hand side and I think I'm sure we'll speak about Morgan Williams' interview afterwards, but I think the fact that he was so critical of his performance was some of those crosses that he put in. He got into such good positions. He won the ball back. He did all the the hard work, the tenacity, got onto the byline. And then when he put the ball in, it didn't have the accuracy and no one was going to get anywhere near it, whether it went over the bar, whether it went ricocheted off the face of goal. I think he was disappointed with his delivery in that that um, instance and everything was coming through that that right hand side so we were kind of reliant um, I know we've, we've talked about it's been a bit a bit of lopsided at, at times this season and um, he had so many opportunities to whip balls in and they just they just weren't quite at the standard we'd hope it was Williams though that had probably our best chance um, I listened to it and it was rightly called. There was a bit of goalkeeper loving between Wheelie and uh, Lucas Kovalan. And if anyone is out there that can appreciate a former goal-scoring goalkeeper like Lucas Kovalan, it is Chris Wheel. Um, I've watched the highlights back three or four times. I have no idea how he gets his hand out to it. It bounces awkwardly. It bounces at a terrible height for a really tall goalkeeper to get his arm down and then get the ball out. It is... I know I've got recency bias, but in terms of the highlight that I've seen, one of the best saves at Hewish Park that I can see, that I can have in, in recent memory. I remember the Barnet keeper last year when I was on comms with you, Sheridan, pulled off a few absolute worldies. But for me, that was up there with any that I've seen in, in, in recent years, probably. I mean, he clawed it out, didn't he? I yeah. mean, it was just unbelievable the way he got his body to that right-hand side. And, and you know, Morgan Williams thought, Thought it was in and he was about to go celebrate. I think we all thought that was heading um, past the line. And, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, that would have changed it, wouldn't it? But, yeah, absolutely superb, superb. I, I think if you if you could actually zoom in on the highlights, you could probably see see myself behind the goal actually celebrating because I <laughs> thought it was I thought it was in. And it, it, it's very tricky to see, obviously, on the, on the um, highlights. But even behind the goal, you couldn't really 100% see if it had crossed the line or not. It looked very, very close because the goalkeeper actually sort of clawed it from he behind him. He? he does. He yeah. actually claws it backwards. So it was very, very close. And my first instinct was already to start celebrating, as a lot of the people behind the Thatchers were also. My second instance was actually trying to look at the linesman yeah. to see where he was, and he was literally on on the goal on the goal line looking across. But it probably still would have been very tricky to see because he still had the post in between himself and the uh, and the you know and the actual ball. Um, whether it was over the line, I don't know, but it was a hell of, it was a heck of a save nonetheless. Fine margins. 
fine bloody margins. Um, okay, second half um, changes things a little bit, most notably from them. I get the feeling, listening to George Ellicobi, listening to you guys yesterday, that Maidstone made a deliberate switch. They were happy to see the game deep, but second half they decided, well, now we've got to have a bit of a go. They made a couple of changes and... Foxy, let's let's start with you here, actually, because what did you think of the first few minutes of the second half? Did you notice an obvious change in the way oh, they were set up or the way we were set up? That's the thing. I'm not. Um, I'm a bit like Coatsy, really, where <laughs> I don't really notice obvious changes. But it was for me. They came. They must. They, I'm not sure if they had a rollicking from uh, Elakobi at half time. I'd imagine they might have done, but there was some sort of tactical switch that they had at the start of the second half where they then started controlling more of the play, whether they'd squeezed, whether they'd gone a little bit further out wide to try and stop Morgan Williams and Whittle sort of coming forward. Because to me, those those two are our only, in the formation that we play um, or set up to that year and yesterday, those two were our main wide players, really. Um, and whether they sort of tried to um, squeeze them out and push push Morgan Williams and Whittle further back to stop them pushing forward, it then created um, more problems for us, really, where we then started to get overrun, I would say, probably in midfield, where they were probably three against two. Because we had JMD sort of playing behind the front two, um, it just felt that we... Uh, Cooper and Worthington um, in that second half, if I, they just disappeared. Um, you, they didn't get on the ball as much in that first probably twenty minutes until we changed. Until we changed, but you could clearly see they put more pressure and they done some sort of tactical switch, which helped them control the game a bit better, um, which then resulted in more chances um, for them in the second half. Well, say more chances. Uh, more control of the ball, I would say, in the second half. Is that how you saw it, Sharon? Yeah, definitely. They kind of went from sort of having three centre-halves to having just a, a two. And the, George Fowler reminded me of Josh Staunton for us in the first half, just chesting it down, controlling it, creating possession, going out wide. Something we hadn't seen from them at all in that first five minutes and I think that took us by surprise because I think we were like, well, we'll have more of, we'll have the same we'll have the more of the ball they've come here for a point um and we did not know how to deal with it and we looked a little bit deer in headlights for the first sort of 10 or so minutes and then obviously conceded so um yeah they they certainly thought I think they came there came there for a point um and then sort of saw that we were getting a little bit frustrated we were missing our chances we didn't have our shooting boots on and they just thought, well, let's just take the game to them. Let's see how they, they respond. Um, and it, it certainly paid off and they had a lot more more possession. And um, we still, we still, you know, were probably the better side, the dominant side. But, you know, we just we just couldn't quite get the 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 ball out wide like we had done. Um, and so it was unsurprising when when Mark Cooper made the changes. So the way you two have just described it there is exactly how I was seeing it in my head, listening to, to the game. I imagined a three in defence in the first half and basically Whittle and Morgan Williams weren't defenders. They were essentially midfielders, which makes it a four across the middle 
Williams right hand side, Cooper Worthington, Whittle left midfield. It's a four, and then it's a three up front with JMD and, and Nubel and Hyde. So it's a three four three. But the minute they come out and push those defenders back, those wide players back, like you said, Foxy, and make it a five, suddenly your midfield's only two. And then they start getting pulled around left and right and gaps start appearing and stuff. And that is that is the problem with wingbacks. When it's good and those guys are getting forward, it's glorious because you've basically got extra f- attackers. You've got Williams whipping calls crosses in one side and you've got Whittle. But to have the to have the guts to not pull back and make a flat five at the back is so difficult, especially at nil-nil. Because if you get caught, because you're thinking, no, I'm trying to be a wing back, I'm trying to be out here out of the way, and then a ball comes in on your side and nods in, you get caught. And I, 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 it's a difficult, that's why that's why it's such a difficult formation to, to get right so often. And that's, and that's why I think the JMD thing is so interesting, because yeah. it, it is great when he's a number 10 and he actually is a number 10 but he couldn't be in that second half because back. yeah there was no opportunity so he had to go out wide wide and we just didn't we didn't able to carve them open from that um so you know you can talk about where Cooper's going to actually play him but you have to respond to the opposition and what they're doing and how you're going to utilize him because he's such a talent um and he did he had to end up drifting out wide, and that's why you have to bring him off he's he's you know he's one of our best players um but you just can't you just can't use that position, you know, when when wingbacks are being forced back, and you, you are like a, a five rather than a than a three. And then the goal, then the goal, the sucker punch, a corner from corner. Why okay. do we concede on the fifty fifth minute <laughs> every time? And of course, their corner taker is called corner because why? Because yeah. why wouldn't he be? Um, Levi Amanchi uh, won't score an easy goal in his life. He's half a yard out. He's got complete goal away, Matt, because Will Buse is on the floor. Um, how how do we how how do you feel about the goal in actually itself? Because I think the first flick on header shouldn't be getting anywhere near. I I I've saw it. I heard Wheelie get a bit disappointed by it. For me, Charlie Cooper's got to be doing better at the front post. There, I don't know how you guys feel, Foxy. I'll come to you first. How did you feel in the in the in the terrace when that when that goal goes in? Absolute sucker punch, right? Well, well, it it was a sucker punch, but you could still you could see that the pressure was was building um, in the start of the second half. Um, for me, when I first saw it, um, my first thought was again the, the flick on at the, the near post. Like you say, it felt like we were, you know, I didn't know it was Cooper, um, but we it felt like they were whoever it was that was marking, obviously, it was Cooper that, um, sort of got a little bit caught out by the near by a near post corner. Um, my f- Watching it live, my first initial reaction was, what a save that is. Yeah. Because it was going in. It was yeah. clearly going in. Um, and, you know, it, it was a reaction save because it was, you know, it was about three yards out. Um, and, you know, he just sort of had to get a glove on it. Watching it back uh, today, it looks a little bit weak. It was where, um, you know, I felt like... Um, he could have probably pushed the ball away from goal. It felt like his wrist was a little bit weak and wasn't expecting it. So when the ball hit, it just went boom and just dropped. And it wasn't a hard fist away. Um, and it just fell straight to um, the number, 
you know, what, I can't remember his name now. I think yeah, he was number 17 when he, yeah. he was the one that came on. He was a big lad and he was causing the defence a lot of trouble when he came on. He was holding the ball up really well as well. Um, and it, it also felt that maybe um, looking at, again, I know it's split second, but we weren't expecting the knockdown anyway. And our sort of defenders, the person who was marking them again, I don't know who that was, um, sort of was caught lacking. And, you know, he could have maybe got a challenge in or got a foot in, um, but it was just a simple tap in, really. But, um, yeah, so it's a difficult one. I don't want to don't want to blame Will Boos on that. I just think it, it was just his wrist wasn't, you know, his, his hand wasn't as strong and it just deflected straight into uh, the middle of the goal rather than, going away from goal, really. Those bloody fine margins again, Sharon, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I had a similar thing in that in real time, I thought it was a really strong push away from Will Buse. Um Terrible depending from the corner in general. Um, but having watched it back, it doesn't look like a very strong shot. And that's what's disappointing. It doesn't look like it's coming at him at any speed. So I think actually he might be a bit disappointed with it. Um, and yeah, Aman- I mean, Amanchi had been on the pitch for a minute, but he cleared one of our corners, mm. gone up the other end. Huge unit that we just we just did not cope with. We did not mark him properly. Um, so I think actually probably a comedy of errors from the defence and and goalkeeper. Um, and and you know, in general, to concede from from a corner like that at home. Um, you could, you, I don't know if you could hear in Mark Cooper's interview, he was furious at the goal, like absolutely furious. Um, and yeah, they, like you say, he won't get an easier chance to score. He only had to head it past, past Buse in the end. Yeah, disappointing. It feels like one of those where, had we been three 0 up at half time, and they do that, this whole part of the conversation lasts about fourteen seconds. No one cares. No one cares if he's got a strong wrist or a weak wrist or if Cooper should have gone a little bit quicker and blocked the... Like, no one cares. It just feels like such a a soft goal. And at nil-nil, you kind of... Again, I, I had that feeling of, oh, here we go. Here we go again. I will say this, because of last time, because yeah. of the Truro, I had that, here we go again, but it's okay. And I haven't felt that feeling in years absolutely <laughs> so <agree>. bizarre so <laughs> bizarre oh god all right fine go right we'll have to come back again it's fine long gone are the days of trying to figure out when the last time we came from behind was and anything like that so um there was that to it and of course we reacted within minutes i've got the goal at 55 i've got the treble substitution at 64 yeah. that's nine minutes of you three get gone get ready boots on let's go um, See, I think he was he was going to make the change anyway, but he wasn't going to make the triple change. Mm. He was going to make. I think it was. I think I saw. Um, I think I saw Young actually warm up first. Mm. I wonder if he was going to give you know Young a chance after how how he performed on on Tuesday at nil nil. Come on, make a difference. But then as soon as the comment, he was like, "You're all coming on. The cavalry are coming on." Um, I love that line. Great line. Big fan <laughs> of that line when I heard it. Here come the cavalry. I was like. <laughs> Let's go. Lucky, lucky it worked. <laughs> it did work. You're right. It damn well did. Um, again, it feels like one of those things where what were the people around you um, uh, that wasn't Coatsy? You didn't have Coatsy next to you this time. Um, what were the people around you saying at that kind of time? Were they looking to the bench and going, right, get on with it, make some moves? Yeah, exactly that. Again, um, my when I didn't realise Jordan Young was the first one um, getting warmed up because my first instinct was when's Ollie Thomas coming on? And I could see that he'd already stripped off and he was uh, 
close to coming on. He was sat on the bench, but he had his shirt on, ready to go. Um, and and it, it felt like it was time. Um, it felt like um, at that point, and it still did, um, that Newball and Hyde had drifted out of the game. They weren't getting involved at all. Um, and it felt like I I thought that we needed that double. We needed I, we needed a double change up front, which obviously did happen. Um, and we needed those fresh legs. Um, so it it wasn't it wasn't you know a surprise to see all three coming on and uh, the people around me we were we were pleased to uh, see probably all three of those actually uh, those three players come on because as we saw on Tuesday um, when Jordan Young and Ollie Thomas came on it changed the game um, and in my opinion it actually what we did um, in that triple change it then got us back in the game although I know we were chasing the formation change the new players that came on it freshened it up and we went into um, a back four which then um, released I felt it released it got us further up the pitch um, uh, you know for those last 20 minutes or so right. so I'm in my head again I'm picturing myself sat in my office and I'm listening in and I'm trying to work it out because Staunton's one of the ones that comes off. So immediately you go right back four. But beyond that, that's just a lot of attackers. I don't how 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 did that work? Was it a four two four? Kind of it kind of is, isn't it? Because yeah. Worthington and Cooper never move. Like yeah. they are there. Whether they have to do their more defensive duties or whether they are getting involved getting forward, they are still that too. They are always that too. So it is like a four two four. It's, yeah, it's yeah. wild. And also, I think Jordan Young swings between right and left, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, he just goes anywhere. Um, so, it, I mean, I know Chris Wilson said it. He's like, I'm trying to work out what they're trying to do. And it, it, it is just pure attack. Yeah. Pure attack. Like, that is the plan. <laughs> There's no other way of putting it. And it kind of worked. It kind of worked. We got the goal back. It was maybe slightly scruffy, but you have Reese Murphy yeah. to, to get on the end of scruffy balls and and poke home goals. That's a goal we don't score last year. I've watched it back. That's a goal. We didn't have someone that scored those goals last year. Um, I, I'm not convinced we scored any type of horrible, scrappy ball bouncing around the six-yard box. Did we even goal. score from a corner? I'm not sure we ever scored from a corner. Uh, no, probably not. I, I, I just, it just feels like, it just didn't feel like a, a goal that we would score last year or the year before. It was a horrible goal. Long, long after a horrible goal. Um, and it's that man Murph again. That man Murph again manages minutes. He is inevitable. We said, we said it at the start of the season, didn't we? Keep him fit and he'll bag for fun. He, and he'll get those goals. He will it, get those goals. It's just what we've missed for the last two seasons. Yeah. Someone that is in the box. If something drops to him, you're confident that he'll smack it in. And that's what that's, that's what we've missed. We've we've missed that re- we've missed Reese Murphy, um, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, Ben, um, in my I felt that if we if if this had happened last year, and to be fair, it did because I think we we did lose to Maidstone, didn't we last year? I think at drew home twice, drew twice, but they were both oh, drew twice. It was a, um, a worldy from Fisher in a last minute equaliser. It felt last season we would have lost that game. We would have. Yeah. Um, 
we we wouldn't have come back. We would not have come back after conceding a sloppy goal. That would have been it. And, you know, we would have sharp shot and, yeah. But, you know, with the changes, with what we've got on the bench and the quality we've got on the bench coming on, you always feel that we're still in the game despite being 1-0 down. That's, that's, that's the difference. It's that attitude that's changed. You saying that, me saying, oh, here we go again, but I think it'll be okay. If the terrace is feeling it's a bit naff that we're 1-0 down, but it might be all right. If Sheridan, you're able to call upon recent experiences on the radio, that's a change in attitude that we haven't had as a club for five years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and we, we scored the equaliser in 83 minutes and I think, well, we either get a point or we win this. Like, yeah. I had no qualms that they were going to go and win that. Um, whereas last season, say we had got an equaliser back, I'd be then concerned that we were going to let it up. I, I I just thought, right, well, if there's enough added time, we'll go on and win this. Yeah. Um, but, but, and and I, I do think Murphy is is going to be so, so crucial. He's such a different striker to the other two. I mean, Jake Hyde, I think, needs to step it up a little bit. Um, Frank Newble as well. I They're very good at holding up the ball. Reese Murphy's that horrible, horrible, horrible striker you don't want in the box. Um and we've seen that that already, and perhaps they could um, learn a bit more more from from him in terms of just doesn't care. Who cares? They all count. Who cares yeah. how they go? Yeah, Well, I was going to say um, I've been fairly disappointed actually with both Frank Newble and and Jake Hyde. Um, where in pre season I thought they looked looked pretty good. Jake Hyde, when I've only seen Jake Hyde, well, only saw him both once anyway. Um, but I thought there was something about both of them. Um, and I think I talked in um, talked when I was last on about Frank Noble and um, my my dad's best mate is a Torquay fan and saw him firsthand last season and said Frank Noble was the best player for Torquay last season. So I was sort of maybe expectations. Um, but we seem to have been playing him out wide on the left. Um, he did play, obviously, central on on Saturday and looked okay in the first half, but the big missed chance. Um, but I've been sort of slightly disappointed with both, whether they're still, you know, with Jake Hyde and his injury record, whether he's still trying to get into the swing of things. Um, again, I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, I, I just felt on Saturday, we probably weren't ever going to lose that game, um, where last season I thought we probably would have done. You know, Maidstone had two chances the whole game. They scored one of them and they should have probably scored another with a free header. Um, I don't know when that was, but in the second half, they should have really done better. It was Frank Nubelesque in the first half um, that if he got his header on target, it was in. But those were the only two chances they had the whole game. Admittedly, we didn't create massive amount of chances apart from in the first half, but we probably did enough to probably win the game and we should have probably won in, in all fairness. But I'll take a point. Okay. Okay. We'll take a point is, is how we say it. Is it fair to say, and it was the the leading line on the tweet for the GCQs, two points dropped or one gained? Don't all answer at once. It, it's got to be one gained when you're, when you're, when okay. you're down at 83 minutes for me. Okay. I Based on the amount of chances, would you, you're, you're not in agreement there, Foxy? Based on the amount of chances in the first half, I felt we should have won the game comfortably. Um, so is it two points dropped or is it one gained? 
What is it about? I'm on the, can I go on the fence? Oh, I'm come jump on. on that fence. I'll go two points dropped. Okay, good. Excellent news. That uh, <laughs> confirms that. Um, right. I want to talk a little bit about some of the off-the-pitch things because uh, another good crowd, 2,899, 130 away. Obviously, this was the rearranged game that was meant to be away, but it was actually a home. So another um, another pricey Saturday uh, added into the August already pricey summer school month that probably cost a couple people going. People had probably looked at the fixture list and thought, um, oh, that's the day we can definitely go and do X, Y, Z. That's the day I'll book the golfing. That's the day we'll go to the zoo and all the rest of it. And others had uh, uh, maybe maybe a few people rocked up at Maidstone. Who knows? And found it all locked up and thought, hang on, this isn't right. Um, but another good number, uh, a tweet today, fourth highest outside the EFL, yeah, of yeah. which one was Macclesfield. And they get silly numbers at their level with Robbie Savage and uh, thingy in charge there. So just... South End. Who's the other one? South End. Hang on, I have to find it. <laughs> South End had five. Old Oldham. Talk about yourselves. It's fine. Hang on. <laughs> I've come prepared and I've completely. You were saying you we're massive. Is what I know. Saying. Chesterfield, 8,164. South End, 5547. How the hell South End keep doing it, by the way? They haven't been paid in about a year. Then you've got Macclesfield and then us 2899. Some good numbers below that. Um, uh, Kidderminster, South Shields, etc. etc. But it's a really good number. A bar around the back, a song around the back. My dad took my nephew for the first time, said that it was great to see it also buzzing. Something has flicked a switch. There's a, a, a switch has been flicked on that side of it, hasn't it? Hopefully, more good numbers next Saturday. But I just wanted to get your thoughts, Foxy, on what it's like seeing the, the Thatcher's end with a few extra people in it. It's, it's brilliant. You know, um, last season, you know, I'm, I'm a creature of habit and I will usually turn up around the sort of same sort of time uh, each each Saturday, each home game. Um, last season, you'd see one man and his dog walking around the back with the stewards just going, you know, afternoon, afternoon. You walk around the corner now and you're hearing, well, when I walk around the corner on Saturday, I heard, Heard the Wurzels being sung um, by the the piano man, I think his name was. Um, and, um, yeah, and it was packed. Absolutely packed full of people, having a good time, in the sun, having a few drinks. It was really good to see. And we must be, you know, seeing that, we must be making a, a decent chunk of money with the amount of people that are there, drinking, eating before the game. Um, it's... It's just brilliant to see. And it's nice to have, you know, the Thatcher's Terrace um, busy again, I'd say. Sheridan, have you noticed a difference? Obviously, it's um, a different vantage point for you um, up in that in that side of the stand. But have you noticed a difference in how it sounds, how it feels in and around on a match day? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a long time since I've gone as, as a fan, but I have amazing memories of when it was when it was busy and exciting, and and it does feel like that's coming back. And also, just from a a commentating point of view, you've got that momentum, you've got that support behind you, and that makes it a bit more exciting to to, to commentate on. Like when the equaliser goes in, that that come on you that come on you that just spurs everything everything on and that is something I haven't had for the last two years I've been doing it so um yeah it's it's incredible it's incredible I and mean, then you you just see on social media like how 
big our numbers are. Um, and it's, it's one of the first things that when I when I walk around afterwards and and um, and see the players and, and, and see Mark and he just goes numbers again like he's I don't think he can quite believe as well how how much it's improved in in such a short space of time so it's impacting them as well um and yeah long may that continue awesome lovely stuff well that's lovely um right we have been waffling away for about 44 minutes I think we've all decided could have been better could have been worse Take it, move on, crack on. Um, plenty of questions, plenty of GCQs. Thank you so much for sending those in, all of you wonderful, wonderful people. Um, a few of them are looking forward. And I know, uh, Sheridan, you sent a couple of tweets today regarding the pace of the side and bits like that. And actually, there's a couple of questions that allude to that. So we're going to kind of get to it all. Uh, I haven't got a glamorous assistant with me to go through the Facebook and the uh, the uh, Twitter. So I'm going to do it all solo. We're going to start on Facebook. And the question within the, uh, the post was, was it two points dropped? or one point gained. And uh, John Margitz has left us a little comment. He says, whilst performances haven't been great, do you think the last two games in particular would have both been defeats last season? And does that point to the current squad having at least more, quote, character? Love that word. We've had a lot of that word at Hewish Park. And we've kind of touched on it there a little bit. I think that's a solid yes to John's answer. I think we lose them both. I think we might come out of these three home games with next to nothing. Because even that St. Albans game got a bit dicey at one stage, didn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely agree. We would have lost them lost them all. Um, and we had characters last season, but very few of them. And many of them are still here. <laughs> so it, it just feels, and I don't know if you've seen on the highlights, when we score the equaliser, all you see is Murphy go, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, uh, you just didn't have any of that last season. There is such a different vibe um, around the whole squad. And, you know, it's not going perfectly. It's not not had a 90-minute performance yet, understandably. But we've had spells where we've taken advantage. Um, and I just think that they're going to increase in time every time. Um, and, you know, speaking to the players afterwards as well in the interviews, you can you can see they're working on it each and every week they're all together they're all um very much behind the project the manager um mm. it's 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 chalk and cheese from the atmosphere last season that was you know depressing to say the least so um yeah i absolutely believe that the pressure of four home games in a row would have just told that that group last year that would have just broken them whereas you know we have the potential now to go unbeaten in that home run which i think would be a really good return foxy anything to add there no, no, not at all. I think, you know, I think what's been said is is spot on for me. I think we would have lost those games last season. Okay. Uh, Chris Fletcher, two points dropped for me. I would much rather we attacked much more with, oh, sorry, I would rather we attacked with much more width, but I still trust Cooper to make it work. At the end of the day, we're only two points off the top. Don't come in here with that positivity, positivity <laughs> Chris. That's not acceptable around here. Uh, Spalders, two points dropped. I think Paul Miles, two points dropped. Zero punch up front. How many shots on target have we had in the last four games? Um, the game on Saturday, shots off target, uh, shots on target, sorry, was seven across the 90 minutes. It would have been obviously more with the ones that were missed. Um, uh, and also, why isn't Murphy and Thomas in the starting eleven? And this is—we'll obviously cover it on the pod on Thursday. Looking forward, but I want to get your two thoughts here. 
Has Thomas done enough to get a start against Tunbridge Angels? Chris Fox up there. I think that both Murphy and Thomas have earned the right to to start on Saturday against Tunbridge Angels. I think both both should be starting uh, next Saturday for me. Sharon Robbins, you're down there on my screen. Do you agree or disagree? I completely agree. I completely agree. I have no qualms in that that we needed to ease Ollie Thomas in. I mean, if you look at him, it's ridiculous that he's 18 years old, but he is 18 years old. So I do think that there is something in that, you know, he needs to train with his team, new teammates and it needs to be eased in. But I think particularly how the front three performed on Saturday, I think I'd be very surprised if I didn't see, didn't see Ollie Thomas particularly in the starting 11 on Saturday. Do you know what I'd quite like to see as a result of having Thomas and Murphy up front? I'd like to see a really cheesed off Jake Hyde come off the bench after 70 minutes. Yeah. He doesn't want to be on the bench. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Tell him he's on the bench. Let him sit and stew for an hour and let him come on in an absolute fit of rage and, and nod in the winner himself, maybe. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, Nick, I, I, Sorry, just before oh. you move on, I will say on that um, question, I do feel that we do lack a little bit of... Um, width um moving forward i know when we did change it we had frank nubel and and jordan young um obviously out wide um whether we need to have obviously frank nubel for me isn't a winger whether we do still need to have that um that width still in whether that person is jordan stevens um which i think it probably is This is is where I think we can bring in Sheridan's tweets that you talked about when it comes to pace, because it was alluded to by 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 Mark Cooper that there's a bit of a waiting game on on Jordan Stevens and he's going to be key, isn't he, when he gets back in? I think he might come straight into the 11 when he's fit. Yeah, so I I think they have planned, you know, for him to be a huge, huge part. But because of last season and Mark told me this, that they don't want to bring him back too early. They're just yep. so conscious of not bringing him back too early and aggravating that injury injury again. But it is, I am conscious of that when Maidstone had the impetus in that second half, particularly early on, we couldn't hit them on the break like they could hit us on the break because we don't quite have the pace that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a lot of talent and we've got a lot of players that have good delivery we don't have a whole lot of pace and that is where perhaps Stevens is gonna is gonna really impact our game um and it, it, I think obviously we've got a 4G pitch coming up haven't we on bank holiday Monday so I would expect after that game hopefully Jordan Stevens might be back which would be such a good positive it is indeed right um, Nick Hayward, people already on Mark Cooper's case, justified or not? I'm in the not camp currently, and I think this is kind of a a wider thing because there's been a couple of uh, uh, replies. Seventeen uh, percent win ratio, and he got us relegated. Says Paul Miles. I'm, I'm not that entirely sure we can lay all that at his door. To be perfectly honest with you, um, others. How long before Mark Cooper realizes we can always score twice? We don't have to always score twice in the last ten minutes. Um, sloppy goals and wear them out tactics aren't going to work. There's a few comments like this and um, that wraps up Facebook. And I guess this is a wider issue that we kind of need to refer to here because I'm a bit stumped. We're four games into a season. We've lost once to a freak goal. We've won twice and we've drawn. We're unbeaten at home. We're in the playoffs. 
by every metric going, I'm okay with where we're at. And I'm a bit confused as to what I'm seeing. Now, I'm not there. So I, I'm oh. trying to picture this all in my brain. Foxy, were, were people by you unhappy on Saturday at what they were seeing overall? I would I would say it was more frustration. First half, I thought we it was fine. It was sort of like, oh, we should have really taken those chances, but we're playing well. There was a lot of nervousness and frustration. Um from in the second half um, from the fans. And I get it. And I think what it probably stems down to is last... I know last season is last season. Um, I think it stems from the nervousness of... Even when Cooper took over last season, I know there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes that happened. Um, The past is the past in that. But I think there's um, that thought in... Fans' heads, and I, I, I have to admit, I, I'm, I was one of them. Where you're a little bit nervous of what happened at when Mark Cooper took over at the end of last season. You didn't really see. You saw a bit of change, few wins, but at the end of the day, we could, we got relegated, and we deservedly got relegated, relegated because we weren't good enough. And I think that's what a lot of the what I can see from this season with the tweets and the Facebook stuff is it sort of carried over into this season. Now, at the end of last season, I sort of said, right, okay, what's done is done. It was disappointing. Um, and if I'm being totally honest, I said at the end of last season to a few people, uh, I might have even said it on the podcast, um, I would like to give Mark Cooper six to eight games of the new season to see how we got on in the new season. A fresh start. Obviously the the Hellier takeovers happened. We've brought in some we brought in some good players, don't get me wrong. Um and I want to give Cooper six to eight games to see how we how we get on. Obviously we've started with a defeat, two wins and a draw. So we've got seven points from nine at home last season, this season. Did what well, we won six games at home last season overall. I think it was something like that, six to seven games. Wow. Um, so it, it's tricky. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on, on Cooper. Um, I think fans, the fans' expectations, because of what's happened off the pitch, and the signings that we've made, um, what what looked to be made, you know, what you know, the signings we've done, and the players that he's brought in, where these are players that have played, the players that we've been, been bringing in have been playing in the national league, or we've had before and have scored a lot of goals, like Murphy. Uh, obviously, Frank Newble did well at Torquay last season, and then he kept them up. Um, there seems to be right. We're in a lower league this season. We should be smashing these. We should be smashing the teams three four nil. Be honest, that ain't going to happen. They're all, whether they're part time, whether they're full time teams, they're play they're football players at the end of the day. We've signed these players. Yes, on reputation they look brilliant, and what they've done in the past are brilliant. But we've signed them for a reason, or someone else hasn't signed them for a reason. Are they good enough in the National League? Who knows? If they were, 
players, people would have picked them up. We've obviously signed them, whatever wages. They're good players and they're good players for this league. I think we've just got to leave it a few more games just to see how we get on. And I can understand people's frustrations at how Cooper's playing. Um, and again, I think that probably stems from where we got fortunate with Gary Johnson and the style of football that Gary Johnson used to play back in the day um, with quick attacking football. Um, but Mark Cooper isn't Gary Johnson. He's got his own style of play. It looks like he wants to keep control of the ball, which I get. What I would like to see is us move it quicker. Um, you know, I don't mind the sideways and backwards passes waiting for play, but I would like to see us move it quicker. The problem is, is that if we move it quicker, it's our wing backs that are the outlay, the out, the outlet really um, at the moment, and they need to be moved forward. Obviously, second half, as we discussed earlier, we got pushed back. And that's where the pressure built. But um, sorry, I'm rambling on now. No, it's good. I, I was I was worried we weren't going to get a coaxy monologue, and you filled in quite nicely. <laughs> well, it's my age, you know. I will get uh, you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's tricky. I can see both both elements of what people are saying. The fans that are unhappy with the style of play, and that they would like us to be attacking more, scoring more goals. Um, but we are in this league for a reason. Um, and we can't expect to win games for 5 nil. Yes, I would like to see us play a bit more attacking, enjoyable football. Um, because obviously we pay our money to be entertained. But at the end of the day, if we're winning games... That's the aim of the game. Isn't isn't that the balance, Sheridan, of we're in a division we don't want to be in, in a situation we don't want to be in, with players that we believe are probably too good to be in this level. The balance is between playing lovely football and maybe occasionally winning four and five nil, or just getting result, 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 result. And so far, in very small um, sample sizes, we're getting the results. Yeah, I mean... I don't know about anyone else. I just want to win. I just want to win games again. Yeah. I'm so, so done with losing. So done with losing that I don't care how we get out of this division. Just want to get out of this division. And Foxy is absolutely right. We have no divine right to win any game in this division. We have no divine right. Whatever players we've signed, whatever money they're paid, whatever they've done in their previous career, they've got 11 other players that are going to have a say. And, it, you know, everyone is going to step up their game to come to Hewish Park. Such a cliche, but it's so true. It is so true. It is so, so true. true. And, and, you know, we did it. We did it when we went to Wrexham and won 2-0. Yeah. You know, it's it, it happens all the time. We did it um, in the Championship. We did it in the Championship. We went to places and we had no right to go to places. We had no right to go to Watford. But 20% more on that one day because we wanted to be the team that beat Watford away. It's it's we've been there. I I described it to somebody, and I'll and I'll read it word for word. It's like we've been in a relationship since two thousand and two, a wonderful relationship. We were very much invested in, uh, but since twenty thirteen, our partner has been secretly cheating on us all the time, repeatedly. We found out this summer, and we ended the relationship, and we started a new one. It takes time to learn to love again. Winning games scares us. We've been hurt before. 
That is superb. <laughs> and, and, you know, you talk about how great these players are that we've signed. Yeah, because we've got Mark Cooper as the manager. Yeah, uh, Worthy's not staying. No, he is not. He's to- he literally told me that. that yeah, he- and Murphy's not coming back to work for his old manager that he worked for. No. It's not, this isn't happening. It is not happening. Um, it, it, it's a reoccurring theme. Andy Cleave has seen a lot of moans about Cooper out on social media post Maystone, yet we gained a point. Some bemoaning the brand of football. Discuss. We kind of have. Do people need to show patience? I think the general consensus is yes. Yeah. I mean, look at the other relegated teams. Torquay in the same position as us. They've only just started winning. Maidstone came down. They've got the same amount of points as us. It, you know, it's really, really difficult, this division. Western, you know, they're Let's... on the outcome getting promoted and then they then they got beat yesterday. It's a ridiculous division and there's going to be so many ups and downs throughout the season. And that leads me nicely on to Don Lecter's uh, question. Four games in, are we already seeing Seb White's preseason description of this league containing many players who are gifted enough to play at a higher level up the pyramid, but are happy to be part-time and fitting in with their alternative employment? There are good players playing well, there are teams causing upsets. What are Avery doing winning top-of-the-table clashes after four games? But they are. Yeah. This division is going to be a bit bonkers for a couple of months, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you got the added complication that we've got about a million local derbies, which we all know have, have an extra spice to them. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, no one's running away with it after three, four games. Um, and no one is cutting anyone adrift. And you know, I know, I know. Mark was disappointed yesterday, Saturday, that we didn't get the win because we would have gone top. But it's so early. It's so early. There's plenty, plenty of time, and we'll only get better. And and other teams, other teams will tire as as well. Um, it's it's going to be a mad old season because it's we don't do it the easy way anyway. We wouldn't want to no, want to do it the easy way, would we? Boring. Uh, Mikey Daniel says evening. Evening. Go. Everyone gets it now. Uh, still too early in the season to be making judgments, and we all accept that, quote, Rome wasn't built in the day. Mark Cooper said that a couple of weeks ago. But do you think there's an expected period of time for when Rome should be built in? And when in the season do you think that is? Uh, I feel like the Green Day clause has already been invoked here as numerous times. We've got to get to that 10, 12 game mark before we even figure anything out, haven't we? Yeah. Lots yes. of approval all around. Love it. <laughs> Excellent um, on an audio podcast. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 10 12 games. Easy. I mean, at the earliest, at the earliest as well, because I still think it's going to be ridiculously tight. So say, you know, you're sitting 12. I still think that, say if you're sitting 12, I think there's going to be just a three-point gap or something like that. I just think everyone is taking points off everyone. Um, and if we can, if we can knit that home form in in the bud i think that that is the big positive because that's that's what mark cooper was doing at the start of his yoga career before it all went a bit mad he was building the foundation that we were really difficult to beat at home and it's been a while since we've been able to say that and i feel like we're getting there you know we've seen results that are, are difficult to get over the line but we're getting them and that's the main thing I want to take this point to um, read you a quote. You can read these quotes on the Glover's Cast website. Uh, the chairman, Martin Helly, spoke to BBC Somerset pre-kickoff on the um, uh, BBC uh, channel around about quarter past two, if anyone wants to go back and listen again. All the quotes are on our website. Uh, when asked if the manager, Mark Cooper, had to win promotion this season, he said, I don't think anyone can set that in a contract, but this is Mark's first chance of having a clear run at it without any negative things interfering with that. Last year, he didn't have a clear run at it. The Eastley game, we were seven points clear at that point. 
point. And then there was some intervention with regards to player recruitment and from the so-called stewards and everything went into a spiral from there. Editors note, see how York are getting on at the moment. Mark is under no illusion that this is the first season he can truly be judged on his abilities. And we will review that come the end of the season. That is the clearest indication yet that I've seen from anyone or quote, he's going to be given time to make his style work. And I think that is a very, very significant half a sentence at the back end there. He's our manager. He's got the chance to build his squad, make himself, the make this his team. And I think that is the first significant thing that we've seen of that. Um, and good for my money. Anyway, right. Uh, loads more GCQs. Why, why, why are there always GCQs when people are moaning? Um, any reinforcements required for some squad depth? This is from uh, uh, Tom. Uh, we've got enough to deal with the uh, current fixtures with what we've got. Uh, do we do we need any current reinforcements, do you think? We have spoken about a bit of pace, but we think there's pace to come and low Everton and players like that can come in and make um, a difference. Do we need proper wide midfielders if we're going to be switching to 4-4-2 occasionally or is there just too many already in the squad? For me, I feel we've got, what, two loan spots uh, remaining? Three? Um, so for me, I still would like to see a pacey winger. Okay. Um, I think Frank seems to be drifting out into the left. I'd rather see him in the middle. Um, I feel that we do need a pacey sort of wide player that can excite the fans, get past the player down the wing. Um, and I also still feel that we need a box-to-box midfield, centre midfielder. Um, just two lone players. I just feel that we... Um, I know Worthington's supposed to be our box-to-box midfielder. Um, and I know he, he does really well. Um, but I just feel that we might need another replacement. Obviously, Josh Howard seems to be, from what I've seen of him, sort of is more of a holding midfielder. I just feel that we need another centre midfielder in there just to get his foot on the ball and drive forward. And I feel that's what we miss a little bit is that box-to-box centre midfielder. Sheridan, if I could wave a magic wand and and add somebody into the team, would you? Or are you happy with what we've got and mixing it up with the the players that we've not yet seen? Yeah, I think that would be a luxury. Um, And I don't expect it to happen, to be honest, because I know Mark Cooper likes a smaller squad. And I think when you do have the lone players, there is an expectation to play them. (laughs) And I think at the moment, we've got a squad that you wouldn't really... I know we're talking about rotating the strikers and all that kind of thing. And that's fine. But I think in terms of the the defence and, and the midfielders that we've got, I don't think you drop them for a lone player that's unproven at the moment. So while it would be a luxury, um, I don't think actually that we currently need it. It just might be when potentially we have injuries, um, which happens to every team and inevitably when Worthington has a ban for the yellow cards. Um. <laughs> Toby's talking sense here. Can't understand the phones. fans moaning about sideways passes. They just do, mate. Um, would we prefer to lump it forward for 90 minutes every week? I think we played some nice football on Saturday and it'll only get better as the team gels. Stop talking sense, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, the question is, will Yeovil Twitter ever be a positive space? No. Will Twitter need the Yeovil? Just will Twitter ever be a positive I, space? A, yeah, it will football Twitter or, you know, no. Sorry, X. 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 Oh, yeah, X. Yeah, yeah. 
it, everyone's, but the thing is, though, everyone has got a right to their opinion. Huh. Um, you know, and that is that is someone's opinion. Um, yeah, like an arsehole. Everyone's got one. Um, <laughs> uh, where's next? Uh, Callum Hallett. Uh, does Ollie Thomas's performances this week mean he deserves a start against Tombridge, or maybe it's haven't on the three G? We've kind of touched upon it already. If we are doing some rotation, I think we safely say we're going to see a lot more minutes out of Thomas one way or another over the next two games. Yeah, I mean Hyde won't play at Haven't. There's no, yeah. no no qualms about that. He won't play on the three G pitch, so we'll definitely see him then. Um, and so maybe we won't see him on Saturday because it's a horrible Saturday Monday, isn't there? Yeah. So and that that has a part to play, doesn't it? Talking about managing minutes, we've got players that need to think about it. You've got 180 minutes to figure out. Staunton will play Saturday because he's not going to play Monday, so you, you, we're going to have to think about it. But uh, Fox, are you happy to see a lot more of Ollie Thomas over the next two games? Yeah, he's the one that obviously adds a bit of pace into the team, and I think that's what what we need at the moment because it break it helps break breaks teams down. Alex Wells should MC start Young and Thomas next game. We've touched on Thomas uh, Young. Does he come in for you as well, Sheridan, or is he more of an impact player at the moment? Oh, it's different. I've been really impressed with Jordan Young when he's come on the both times. I think again, he doesn't get the plaudits when he set up the goal, obviously with the corner kick um, on Saturday. But I, I think actually he was really dynamic and he looked like to have a bit, bit more confidence. Um, so I'd love to see him be brought in. I'm just not sure who you replace him with. That's the, that's the problem, isn't it? Uh, whereas yeah. it's, it's it's easy to re- to bring Otto Thomas in and and just rotate those striking positions. I'm not sure who I would drop for Jordan Young, but I would like to see him, you know, get a few more minutes because I think he's been impressive when he's come on. Foxy, Jordan Young, a bit more time. I- I think he'll start either Saturday or, or the Monday, one of the two. Um, and it's it, he's he's a player I really like, and uh, I think I sort of called him out on the the my one my young players to watch. Uh, I've really I really really rate him, and he gets the ball and he drives forward, and that's what you want to see. Um, I think he'll start either Saturday or one of the Saturday or Monday, one of the two. He desperately needed a goal that season. I thought we'd have got so much more out of him if he had scored one goal. Um, Mark says, when will the tactics change to provide chances for the strikers? Well, I'm pretty sure the strikers got quite a few chances. They did. They just um, didn't just didn't finish them off, really. Um, so the tactics won't change and the strikers will still get chances. Uh, almost a pro pilot, a regular questioner, says, evening. 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 Lovely. Uh, it's a triple header. Jesus Christ, almost a pro pilot. Um, number one, I'll get to the, the, the serious one in a minute. Um, Opinions on the new website design. We've got a new website. Has anyone clicked on it yet? It looks good. Does look good. good. Happy? Have you clicked on it yet, Foxy? No. Okay, brilliant. Excellent. Um, Foxy, you can answer this one. Did the extra bar help in terms of queuing? It looked it looked so it looked that way. I was driving on Saturday, so uh I didn't have a pint, but it looked um it looked more organized, um, it felt on Saturday. Um and it was a what was it? It was a cashless bottle bar, wasn't it? And uh, mm. a friend of mine was, said it was really easy to use, um, and it felt like the queues were a little bit less um, than it was the previous previous Saturday. Is this the football club listening to supporters and acting upon it? Is that what that is? What's that feeling? Not sure. Uh, and the third thing was, how would you set up this uh, Yeovil Town team? And I feel like this is, is a question we could kind of go into a little bit more on Thursday, so I don't want to delve too much into it. But 
in a in a, in a phrase, if you if I put you in Mark Cooper's seat on Saturday, Foxy, would you go back five slash three, or would you go back four? I would go back four. For Sheridan, would you go with a front three or a front two? Two. Okay, so we've got a four, a four, and a two. Excellent. <laughs> um, right. Um, uh, a question from Martin Lee, who says, "Evening." Evening. Um, another reference to the um, pre-match chat from Martin Hellier when he said that we were happy to be tenants for now. Um, our exclusive option for a number of years. This is a club that wants to be sustainable for any fan or member of the community. Blah, 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 blah. Happy to pay rent if necessary. Um, we don't want to put a big lump of investment into something we have the exclusive buyback on. I can buy it in five years, three years, whatever it is. I'm not going to do it to the detriment of the club. He says, evening, who do you think will own the ground and the surrounding land on 18th of May? 2026 now that is the day after the exclusion the exclusive option expires however there was a line in the martin hellier quote there where he says i can buy it back in five years which of course is way beyond 2026 so that date might not be set in stone and do you think it will be dependent on what league yeovil are in it's a bit of an open question and one we probably have no real idea on how to answer but everything we've been told is that the club is all together and over time the ground will be back with the with the club. That's what I understand from those pre-match comments. Yeah, and we kind of just have to believe that, don't we? Yeah. We've got no reason not to believe that. So I tell you what, we're putting a lot of money into the uh Hewish Park and the surrounding areas to not own it in a few years' time. So I'm more than inclined at the moment until someone provides me evidence otherwise that when the time's right, we will we will have it. And probably does require on us having a promotion at some point or another because revenue streams will go up. We'll be in a position to have more cash flow coming in so that money can be redirected to buying that. A a thousand more people on the gate, a thousand more people buying beer, a thousand more people doing this X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Right. Um, uh, All questions done apart from Dexter Tyson, who goes a little bit methodical, methodical, mythical with this one. Um, He says, bonjour. Oh, Bonjour. Yeah. He didn't go Spanish, otherwise I wouldn't have forgiven him after this morning. Um, I thought I'd ask another five-a-side question. You can only pick one of the each, one of each of these for your team. I want this to be quick fire, please. Okay. I want this to be quick fire. I don't want you no overthinking it. One Are you going to answer these as well? I, I'll, I'll quite happily do it. Quite happily do it. But I'm looking for quick fire, bang, bang, bang. Go. Okay, goalkeeper. I'm going to go. Fox, Barrett, Robbins for this one. Goalkeeper. Steck or Baxter? Fox. Steck. 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 <laughs> um, I'm going to go Robbins, Barrett, Fox. Ailing or McAllister? Ailing. Oh, yeah, just. Ailing. Oh! <laughs> this one, this one. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm going last on this one because I can do that. Oh, I'm going to go Fox. I'm going to go Sheridan. I'm going last. Way or Lee? Way. Way. I think so too. I think I'm going to go Charlie Lee. (laughs) This one's easy. I'll go first on this one. I'll go first. Sheridan next. Second. And Foxy last. Dawson or Foley? Give me all the Sam Foley's, please. Thank you very much. Dawson. Foley. And now this one, this one I think is slightly easier than it might well seem on um on on first viewing. I'm gonna go I'll go first because I think this is easy. Um Foxy second, Sheridan last, 
Zoko or Fisher. I'm going Fisher a thousand times out of uh, out of a thousand. Sharon? Fisher. Fisher. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> Fisher. Definitely. So we all agreed. Oh, no, we didn't quite agree. We had the Charlie Darren way. Anyway, that wraps us up. Um, Thanks, guys. Thank um, you. Really appreciate you, you. Uh, stepping in at no, short notice. And uh, Sheridan, thank you to you for coming in on Thursday as well. All aboard the trip to Tombridge Angels. If you have enjoyed this podcast or any of our other podcasts, um, numbers have started to stagnate. I know there are more Yeovil fans out there. Like, share, subscribe, retweet, do whatever it is got to do. Tell your mate on the terrace next year, next Saturday. We know there are more Yeovil fans out there that uh, like to uh, listen to other, well, idiots talking about Yeovil Town. We'll do it all again on Thursday. Thank you for sending in your GCQs. Plenty more to come, I'm sure. For now, Foxy, say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Yeah, Sheridan, say goodbye, Sheridan. Goodbye, Sheridan. Bye, everyone. Thanks all so much. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott.